0: You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast.
1: Shut the door and have a seat. It's time for another round of Dad Men. And yes, we are here at episode two. Ladies and gentlemen, flight number one. But before I start... I shall introduce myself. My name is uh, Mike Jolly, and I'm here with my homie. Michael Rowland. Yeah, man.
0: So. Episode two of season two, to be clear. Yes,
1: we're here, man. We're definitely here. Episode two of season two. Um, but before we jump into the episode, man, how, how you been? How's the how's the week been treating you?
0: Week has been really good, actually. Really good vibes out here uh, in these particular streets. Um, yes, man. I, I got a lot of stuff cooking. I got masters for the uh, new album coming out. Um, nice, nice. The uh, the dogs are chirping and happy, and uh, <laughs> that's always good. Yeah,
1: I uh, how they enjoy the the little snow, little little uh snowfall
0: uh, today. That's right. So today is October fourteenth, um, and it snowed a oh. little bit here in Minnesota. And let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> People, some people got a little upset about this. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, there's a meme. It should, it should be expected. It should be expected, right? There's a meme where it's like Minnesotans lives in a place that snows all the time throughout the year, and then also Minnesotans when it uh, snows in October, <laughs> and then it shows a shot of the shocked Pikachu. You know. I, I saw that man. that was pretty good. I visually see it in my head now. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. that's pretty The good. dogs did not comment on the snow. Um they were not a shame. they were not rattled. But um I gotta tell you, I love I love snow when it's like not messing with your day. Like when it's just a light with snowfall, that. it's chill. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um I'm with that. I, it was it was pretty. I thought it was pretty Oh too, beautiful. Uh, I, I and yeah. for the morning walk with my dog, it was just lovely. I really, like nice. I said, I really liked it, and it actually got me so in the festivities that I got some pumpkin spice holiday nog. Um, Ooh, I'm an eggnog. I'm an eggnog boy. So, oh really? Yeah.
1: I barely dabble. I I, I, I don't. I have a. I think I had a, like a, a fear of it. Yeah. Not a real fear, but like it's a, kind of like an unknown drink and that
0: involves eggs right or am, I, am i off base you're, you're dead on it i'm off base you're not, oh, you're, I'm on. yeah no it does involve okay. eggs um and that's <laughs> i think that's what scares people is that it's a drink that involves eggs what are we rocky training right <laughs> exactly we're, to be clear we're not folks we're both in uh well the doctors say we're in abysmal shape is i think how they phrased okay. it we I, I thought I heard fighting shape, but he teaches them. No, they said your heart is fighting for a dear life. <laughs> Sorry, Wrenching. we we uh we saw we see doctors together just because of the Destiny Park Media uh, insurance plan. You know, right? We, right, we right. have to mm-hmm. see doctors together. So even if one of it's us a tier higher than the Obam- Obamacare, <laughs> I think. but it's it's yeah, and um even if one of us isn't sick, we both have to go together for insurance. Uh clause. It's, a, it's an it's like a Santa <laughs> Claus but it's an insurance clause anyway so what was I saying oh yeah so there's like pumpkin spice flavored eggnog um we we will do an episode I'm deciding this now where you mm-hmm. are gonna try my favorite eggnog we're gonna we're gonna do it, I'm with it. maybe even in person because it, it's a drink that means a lot to me it, it really makes me feel warm and fuzzy and uh, happy and I, I I've never dated someone uh, who liked it like oh interesting okay. every girl i've ever dated is like i hate eggnog and by extension i kind of hate something that's really important to you and uh um, right. they it's so never worked out. Watch out it's never worked out so there's, there's something See? to that See what i'm
1: saying <laughs> i mean speaking of speaking of warm and fuzzy do you do you drink it warm or cold
0: uh it's it's a cold drink um oh is it not something that people warm up no i you shouldn't anyway it's uh okay it's a dairy beverage and so, if you're worried about, like, the eggs being, like, raw or, like, having salmonella, like, they kill that. They, they kill it either yeah, with yeah. the alcohol, if you're doing the alcoholic variety, or mm-hmm. um, with various harmless chemicals that the Kemp's Corporation has assured me that <laughs> they're good chemicals. Uh, they sent you a line. They're the chemicals you find in nature. You know, it's <laughs> good times. It's good times.
1: No, I don't. I don't fear the the sanitariness of it because it's a it's a staple amongst the the U.S. It's. I think uh, it's more of a. Um, it's a child. It's a child. That's a child fear. Like oh, eggs. Eat. Yeah. Like it's a very kiddish thing. Well, and it, I have to try it in my adult life.
0: Yeah, do I uh, do it, man? I swear. Like if you don't like it, then the podcast is over. It's not a big deal. <laughs>
1: was that in the clause, was that in the, yeah, it's that in in the Santa, the, the cla- sorry,
0: clause? the insurance clause. Yeah, it's not a Santa nah. clause, guys. Although All you right. could, I don't know, you could be a good Santa with mm-hmm. the Maybe. With the gray you got, got a in the top. beard.
1: Mhm. <laughs> little a little little peeking out of the bottom. Hope- That's actually <laughs> you transforming
0: more. into Santa. Right. <laughs> over
1: the over the length of the show, as we get to season 7, yes. <laughs> you will be Santa. I will be full white. Yes, what, that that would be really insane.
0: By the way, that would be kind of freaky. Yeah, that would, that would be. <laughs> our our fans would have a, a ball though. Like they'd make a video edit one shot from every episode of Dad. Oh, Mama.
1: and it keeps doing that really fast. Mm-hmm. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that YouTube video earlier today. That's that's a classic where it's the guy. It is a classic. I was I was wondering if someone did like a music video where they're like singing along to the track, but it's like one second is one day you know what i mean i yeah i've seen a
1: video in that similar vein i swear hmm. um i i couldn't tell you who it was though but when you're saying that i'm visualizing a music video where like the background is moving fast and like the guy's standing still and he kind of like you know there's a lot of music there used to be a lot of music videos like <laughs> in the 90s and the early 2000s of like that camera angle where, like, the camera's attached to the person and they're, like, walking yeah. through, like, a house party or something. And it's, like, you can see, like, things passing by them as they're walking through and, like, bumping into people. You You're know, right, like, yeah. that, that shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that reminds me of that. That's a good point. That's not my favorite filming style, but we'll... No, no, no. Let's move pe- Well, we'll save that for the bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> favorite. <Yeah>. Our favorite <laughs> filming styles... Mm -hmm. our favorite camera angles go favorite mise-en-scene's uh very good man well but yeah i i uh i use eggnog as creamer for my coffee i'm a big coffee fan um okay but i like to add a little bit a little something for papa you know just see and that and that is warm yeah uh but (laughs) it gets warmed up in uh in the coffee yeah you don't put eggnog in the microwave or in the on the stove yeah.
1: Should that be an experiment? Should I start uh,
0: experimenting with eggnog? <laughs> listen, man, you're you're barely able to even look at the stuff right now. Just take it slow. I know, Just true. have it cold. That's no, Sure, you're right. Um, you're right. Don't jump in. Don't jump but in. But you you can steam it. Like if you uh I guess what I'm saying is if you have if you buy the pasteurized stuff at the store, you could make it hot. But like if you were to make oh, it sure. for a party, like the way people mm-hmm. can home make it, I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily heat it up. I don't know. I don't know shit yeah. about about eggnog, except that I love it. And that's all I need to know. I was just going to say that's all that matters. Really. And that's all I know about Mad Men. Is that you love it. Is that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's enough of the basis to host a podcast, a successful podcast about Mad Men. By yeah. The way. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're seeing you guys. We're seeing you guys. Uh, there was someone today who was downloading every episode. Like, I was doing my work, and then I would check on the uh, numbers Every like hour and a half or so, it's healthy. It's, it's normal, mm-hmm. um, and we'll I just it, I kept seeing someone who had just watched episode six. They downloaded episode seven, downloaded episode eight. You're just you're hooked. Mm-hmm. It's
1: hook line, hook line and sinker. Yes, baby. I was about to say that. Sympatica. <laughs> I know
0: I saw you. Sympatica. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, making us a part of your Mad Men audio visual experience. Uh, Make sure that if you if you hear anything you agree with or disagree with, hashtag Dadmen Podcast and shoot us a line, or you can uh, email us at dadmenpodcast at gmail We will be reading emails from fans and tweets and uh, emails and tweets from haters as well. So yeah,
1: you gotta have a nice little 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 hateration in there. You know, oh
0: yeah, I, does the body good. <laughs> i would I would love to have a hater or two because like I feel like they keep you honest they keep you like or at least accountable
1: to the point where you're doing something that is touching them yeah yeah whether that be positive or negative to be honest
0: right if if nobody if there's nobody who thinks what you're doing sucks then you you might just be kind of mediocre i, I we need to right. touch the nerve and be like michael, I hate michael's uh hosting style or or His hair, it just needs to be uh, spruced up. No, but I I do think that like criticism is awesome. And uh, as long as it's not like they aren't getting personal, like talking about me as if they know me as a person, uh, we welcome lovers, haters, and just okayers.
1: Right. Because guess what? You're all listeners. That's right. So, man, should we we jump into uh, episode number two? That's right. Which is called Flight One. Let's do it, man. Let's hit the carousel.
0: Nostalgia. It's delicate. But potent. Sweetheart. So as we spin on this carousel, Mike, um, I do feel it's pertinent to note that uh, this episode is directed by Andrew Bernstein. And mm-hmm. it was written by Matthew Weiner and Lisa Albert. And Lisa is one of our favorite writers on dad Men. um she is responsible for a lot of the deeper emotional episodes she seems to have a soft yeah. spot for peter and uh i don't usually call him peter <laughs> and um <laughs> and she seems to nail a really it feels like an accurate depiction of 1960s corporate america um oh man does she ever that's why she i like really her, yeah. she really nails it man yeah um so how about you give us a sort of a thirty second breakdown uh, without the timer though? We don't do the timer anymore. Of course, <laughs> no, no, no need for timers.
1: <laughs> yeah. No man, I, I, this episode um, from the from the intro kind of starts very different. Um, we get we get Trudy and, and Pete heading into like a work party uh, that Kinsey's hosting, uh, I believe, and um, he shows off his new girlfriend. Um, to some of his friends, to Joan particularly, and, uh, they have a chat and Peggy's there as well. So uh, pretty much most of the cast is, uh, there besides like the big guys, you know, so no Don, no Sterling. Um, but all, all the young kids are there and, um, they have a good time, let's just say. Um, uh, and then when we move from there, we, um, uh, we hear that Pete's dad actually got caught in a, um, American Airlines crash. So it was kind of a, a bit of a tragedy that happened. And, um, Pete's kind of sh- wrestling with some of those feelings and thoughts, um, as to his father dying and things of that nature. And then, you know, from there, we kind of get a host of different emotions from our main people, you know, Don, uh, even Betty, by the way. Betty, Betty has a interesting, um, interesting emotional roller coaster, uh, this episode. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of end off with, um, with Peggy and her decision,
0: let's say. <laughs> hmm, okay. What do you think of that? Uh, interesting. Interesting. I'll have to ask you about the ending there. Um, <laughs> the the thing I, I took away from this episode, there's three main themes for it, which is keeping appearances, loyalty, mm-hmm. and family. And I think the loyalty thing is, uh, it's it, there's all sorts of different bonds in this episode. Not just familial, yeah. but um, relationships uh like romantic relationships, business relationships, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I would say this episode is like a quintessential Mad Men episode because it mixes romance, uh friendship, uh business mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's it shows that all these things that we pretend are separate areas of our lives, it's really just person to person connection. And right. if you're broken, you're going to ha- you're going to have a hard time maintaining these relationships. And every character in this episode is is broken in different ways, my friend. Um, You're right. Yes, yeah, that's true. So, it's kind of evident in this episode for sure. Yeah. Um, so, the we're on the carousel, so I will say that this is an episode that I do remember watching for the first time. Because it kind of like, it's like a quantum shift for the whole series. I think that's what it is, right? It's like... It must be. Yeah, it feels like it because this event is so traumatic this March first, nineteen sixty two um American Airlines crash. Uh it's sort of history impeding on the narrative for a bit. Um but it's not clunky. It's not done in a silly way. It's uh it it's totally it makes sense that a man like Pete's dad would be on that flight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel forced and uh I, I just think it's uh it was a really brave choice to have um history affect one of the characters in the show so strongly. And uh, the actor who played Pete's dad actually passed away, and that's why they oh, killed off. Did. I didn't know this when I first watched, but that was his name at the end of the credits, huh? Yeah, they, this was in memory of wow. him. So, uh, okay. yep. I think that's kind of an honor for an actor if, like, they say we're not going to recast this role. Like, we wanted this actor I think for so, it, too. and mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But, but yeah, um, I, I remember this episode being great at the time, but. I think it's aged just tremendously well. Yeah, for sure. I loved it, and I'm trying to think if there's any strong memories I have. I I think that ultimately this one doesn't leave you with that much of an impression when you first watch it, except for that it's the episode where Pete's dad dies, right? But there is yeah. there's so much good stuff going on. The the Paul Kinsey apartment party um, is so memorable, so memorable, beautifully shot. Um, yep. it just feels incredibly real. Like when Pete and, uh, Trudy are, by the way, amazing choice, having them be the audience surrogate at the party.
1: I like that. It makes yeah. us like them more,
0: you know? Um, now I gotta say Trudy did say, we've talked about this word before the soft and, uh, how do you feel about Trudy saying that?
1: <laughs> did she say Negro? <laughs> she
0: did. She said, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I just don't want to. <laughs> I just. I, I'm. I'm worried about the car. Yeah. So here's
1: the thing with um, Trudy. You know, this episode had a lot of a lot of my ladies in in weird positions. <laughs> that that yes. They they were they were all. I I was trying to look for the word for it, but I can't. I still can't find the word. I, they were in a. You know what? Very accurately portrayed for the time, I think. And I think because of that, it has this... For me, it has this... It's almost like a little bit of a a negative to their character, because, but not, not for the time period per se, but more so just because we're watching it in modern times. Trudy, to me, her uncomfortableness... Made her seem a little bit out of place and a little bit too posh, maybe for the type of party that Kinsey was having. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it I guess maybe the word is un, maybe the word is uncomfortable. They all felt uncomfortable in a way. Yeah. Um, especially Joan. My God. Uh, but we'll we don't have to get that, into yeah. Joan right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But no. Tr- Trudy. Trudy was. um yeah, she came in and I was like, oh, she's uh, she's acting a little...
0: <laughs> the main thing she said is she doesn't have a problem with uh, those people. So, we can sort of give her a, a nice clap for, for that. Because for the 60s... That's pretty cool. That Trudy doesn't have a problem with them. Sorry, I don't have a problem with those people. People. <laughs> no, she she says the soft end, and I, I sort of gave her a look. I said, "Hey, all right, don't do that again, though." Um, right, no. right, Trudy. I know you look beautiful in this light. She looks so beautiful in this episode. Let's calm she's down. So, I know. oh my God, Pete's so lucky in this episode. I know uh, he really, he really is. So I mean, nice. you you would <laughs> want to bring Trudy to a party, um, just. Yeah, man. She's fun. She's a cool lady. I mean, aside from the, you know, but that's, she, we, she, we've talked about this on the show. The ladies get a chance to be as bad as the men in some ways. Like they are all yes. given equal characterization and yes, that, that includes that's the fair. flaws. That's only fair. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Because, because why, just dis, why just show the men like, because in, in history we mostly see that. Yep. It's mostly like the men doing something that's racially weird or like, all or, or, or um all right wrong like yeah. or outright wrong yep and uh you don't see a lot of female interaction knowing that that also exists in their space as well but it's just not maybe as highlighted as much mm-hmm. or it's not as overt as much and again trudy is not like she was doing anything like that was overtly like negative no. you can just feel her uncomfortableness which is kind of more of like a she needs to And, you know, people when I see that people just need to kind of ingratiate themselves more into into a space that feels uncomfortable so that they can remove some of that some of that awkward
0: awkwardness.
1: It's the awkwardness. That's the word I'm
0: looking for. Awkward. They all felt awkward. Yeah. And uh, maybe they should all be more like Paul Kinsey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, Joan. How about that? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get carried away. Uh, (laughs) So I got to tell you, man, you want to know how good this episode is? The reason I realize the reason why I've been sort of frazzled for the last few minutes is because mm-hmm. this is the first episode of anything where I want to do a play by play and go for each scene because each scene is so Ooh. good. Um, we don't have to do that, but I'm just worried we're going to miss something because
1: no let's let's hit the let's hit the beats, man. Because there's there's things going on in this episode, and we are in the carousel, so let's have fun.
0: Okay, so after the party, you know we we get to see Peggy. Feeling herself and um, mm-hmm. being being coy and uh, flirting around and uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that.
1: She f- she felt donish to you uh, to me. If, if don was a verb, <laughs> she <laughs> or not even a verb, an adjective. I guess I should say. Well, I would say she was drapering.
0: She was drapering draperin around. Yeah, uh, there you go. That's
1: beautiful. But yeah, Very no, draperin. she she has more
0: confidence <laughs> than we've ever seen her before at this party. Um, and the guy, she is she's talking to says so you work for these stuffed shirts and she goes i work with them and i thought that was really I a cool line play. yeah it's hot yeah.
1: it's hot i love when they get in that bag where they can like kind of talk their shit a little bit yeah like, especially
0: to a dude yeah no but she's also just like staking the fact that like she is with them she's not working mm-hmm. for them
1: it's not i'm not working for
0: them yep. we work together don't as try as to as assume either. just because i'm a woman that i work <laughs> exactly for them yeah and mm-hmm. no, I, I, I thought it was so cool that she's not uncomfortable with seeing Pete and Trudy at all. Like she's happy to see uh, Trudy and is friendly to Pete. Like insane, i man. She's just in her yes,
1: exactly. She's just like in her. She's 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 um, she's glowing. She's glowing. Yeah. I love I love her. I love her um, falling asleep in the dress too. I thought
0: that was swaggy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome, man. Um, and yeah. <clears throat> I, I think it would be cool if Pete had said. Uh, we we thought you went to a fat form. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> she she just punches him. It
1: like,
0: get out of here, Pete! Get, get out of here! No, Pete. I had anyway. Um, no, we don't have we don't have to go beat by beat, man. But I'm just that's how much I yeah. love the episode. Is like I I could do that because I love it so much. No, it's
1: it's 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 fun to kind of
0: peek into the different different moments we'll, that are occurring. I we'll mean, we'll get it all there. We'll get we'll get it all. Yeah, there. For, um, for sure. But this episode, we get to know Duck more. And what we learn is that he is someone who plays business kind of in a dirty way. There's under-the-table stuff, there's promises, uh, there's winks, there's, you know, suggestions. (laughs) And I think it's very interesting that Don is more honorable in his business than in his marriages.
1: He's an an artist, and he's dealing with greedy sharks. Mm Mm-hmm it's is so evident i mean like don is he wa- he goes into a room with the three of them and they're all just talking about this new account that they're not even like it's not like it's like the account has been given to them or like or they're like even like on a list of two no. or three companies it's just like a chance to be noticed by a giant company when you already have something that's there, it's making money. You know, Don says saying all these things, and he's kind of flabbergasted by the fact that they want to just throw it all away for a sh- for a shot.
0: It's so you know. How do you feel about like I, I'm on Don's side completely for this?
1: Oh yeah, me too. I, the, the greediness is so like apparent and kind of like not disgusting, but it's just so. There's no empathy in any of it. No, it's just a. It's a lot of like. There's a lot of shark. I don't even want to say shark shit, but it's just. It's just a lot of like flippiness about the whole thing. Just Mm -hmm. like, all right, onto the. Let's let's go grab these guys. Yeah. Like what? This shit just happened with the plane. It fell down. You know, it it crashed, and a lot of people died. And you guys are jumping to
0: get money. So the thing that Duck (laughs) says is that he just had a conversation with the guy at American Airlines, and. He, he – by the fact that the guy is saying we're looking for a change, um, he thinks that what they should do is get rid of their conflict before even meeting with them. Before right. even – This is before this is, the meeting. This is insane. Like, it's insanely high-risk business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm – For the money, yo. And it's it's <laughs> – but then, like – I know that you don't get anything without taking risks, but like the risk sure, assessment is like we are going to lose a million dollar client for the chance yep. to get this one. That okay? Now, if we don't get them, we are going to waste resources and time and money to try to get them, and now we have lost. You know, it, uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it's
1: yeah. You had an airline, and your your plan is to have no airline to hopefully get. The big airline. Yeah. So, if you fail, now you're just left with no, like, less money and no airline. Yeah. You look worse.
0: Yeah. And when I first watched the episode, um, let's get into the Pete of the episode because yeah, everyone knows Pete's my favorite character. Yeah, man. And this was a, an amazing episode for him and Vinny. Uh, I gotta say, when I first watched the episode, I thought that, like, Duck was, um, just trying to be friends with Pete and just trying to, like, care about him, um, yeah, for a split second. Yeah, I really did. Um, but watching it this time, I don't think it's spoilerific to say that, like, it's clear Duck does admire Pete when he's saying these things about him. Like, he's young, he's uh, smart, he he knows what he's doing. Um, I think he means what he says about that. But he also sees Pete as this really great bargaining chip slash sort of a stabbing um, or twisting the knife a bit with American Airlines that hey this is someone whose dad died in the flight that you you just uh, you just lost like don't you want to work with him um yeah it's it's very emotionally manipulative and you want to
1: get even deeper with duck sure D- Duck's thing is that and he needs someone that he can use to combat the powers of Don because he can't control Don as easily as he would like but he could control a younger hungrier more willing to do things type of you know worker that that person he can put under his thumb a lot easier than a Don yeah when you have when you have that type of you know the, you know young prospects around um you're going to try to rally to get them on your side in a way you know what i mean i i believe that he believes he likes Pete's, you know, go get itness and things of that nature. But it, to me it's almost like a means to try to slow Don's power down and raise other people up. Which, you know, on a, on paper isn't bad, but in, the intention behind it I think is
0: not is not right. Yeah. You know, he, We've only known this character for two and a half episodes and uh We've only seen a suggestion of why him and Don don't get along. But when they're in the, the room together and he says Don had a fantasy that American Airlines would come to them because of his great creative, uh, Don almost hits him. You know, Cooper, <laughs> Sterling. Cooper does stop him. I'm sorry. Sterling does stop him. Um, he says, cool. You know, but Don really takes that. He he was ready to throw hands, man. It was nuts.
1: They're doing this like mental jabbing at each other, um, or at least Duck is doing a lot of it anyway. He, he's trying to cut Don's, you know, Don's air down. If you know what I mean, yeah. like he, he he keeps trying to do these deeper jabs to like almost like to try to sun him in a way. I don't know, you, you know what I mean, like, and it's it's not you can't do that you're the new guy for, for I mean I understand he's in a position I think higher than Don is but like still like I don't think you should if you're if you're trying to like win o- not win over but if you're trying to like be a part of a team per se or or be like a boss I don't think the smartest thing to do is to go to like your you know a very well respected uh, high touted talent on your squad and Try to cut them down to like play their role better so it fits for so it works better for you. I think that's I think that's not the right move.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that Duck doesn't like thinking of advertising as anything other than uh, money and doing favors for others. And um, he doesn't like to imagine that there's creativity to it. Like he's been disparaging about how Don does things in these first two episodes. And yeah, I think it's clear that business to him is like a personal thing and it's about Mm -hmm. hard work and that's all it's about. And to Don, it's about reaching people on an emotional level and um, like making a real connection emotionally. Um, Yeah. And duck true artistship. Yeah. And, and duck talks to people and he says, listen, you got to be having meetings with all sorts of people. You got to meet with this person. You got to meet with that person. Um, That was in the season one finale. He was pressuring people to, Get more accounts, and right. so it's it's the it's the battle between the head and the heart, and uh, I don't know, man. Well said. Yeah, it, it's Don's the heart, and Duck is the head, and I don't know who wins uh, usually with the head and the heart, but I know that uh, oh, it's a toss up. <laughs> I know that Don is not he's not happy, and it's so funny because he helped hire this guy, um, and I think it just goes to show the hierarchy of Sterling Coo. Where accounts people kind of are in a totally separate world than the creative people, and yet they both de- yeah. they both depend on each other so much. So if they're both not walking in tandem, shit goes really south over there. yeah, um, yeah, for sure. so yeah, um but but I want to make special notice of uh, Pete's plot in this episode. He gets to be pretty sympathetic. I think uh, the the biggest tragedy of the episode is that. Uh, Pete had kind of a Sterling's gold moment where he gets to deliver a really good joke about, um, (laughs) they were, they were headed off to a golf tournament and, uh, they say when the plane landed in the water, uh, or they say when the, the plane crashed, the ocean turned plaid. Um, (laughs) and everyone's like, (laughs) here's the thing. That's one of the only times I think in the series where he gives a zinger and people laugh.
1: And it's funny that you say that, because yeah, S- I didn't notice people were laughing
0: at it. I'm like, oh, And okay. Sterling laughed. Dude, he got <laughs> yeah, Sterling. He Sterling, smirk. he, he It's like Sterling's like, oh, man, that was pretty damn good, kid. <laughs> he got it, yeah. And Pete, good, I think good Pete stuff. probably thought, this is the best day of my life. My my dad died. No, that's it's, 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 it's before it's before he knows his dad died. I know, I know. Okay, sure, okay. For sure. So you're saying he's still thinking that even after his dad died? Yeah, <laughs> he's still
1: like he's still like riding high, like even though he's like putting on a poker face. Man, I mean, speaking of that, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I know. But, I'm trying uh, to walk
0: on tippy toes because I know that the stuff with Don and Pete. That's we'll talk about that for your stuff. But um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm trying to think. I mean. For me, this. Do you want to touch on Joan? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say it like that?
1: I, I, that, I am introducing that. a new uh, a new segment called "What's Joan Wearing." Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, Joan, no, Joan in green, chef kiss. I thought, I thought, I mean, the the costume design. I swear, like every couple episodes, like they just keep stepping it up. Maybe every episode, even oh, yeah. even from season to season, it's just it's it's incredible. Like, they're really nailing people's like energies, their look, their oh, vibe. Like, th- thank you for it's, bringing it's that awesome.
0: up. Everyone's outfit had personality this episode, and you you knew about yeah. them. You could, if I was watching Mad Men after like channel surfing, and I stumbled upon a scene in the episode, I could pick mm-hmm. up people's vibes based on their outfits, the the, yep. the performances of this episode. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's a very confident and self-assured episode. And it's like the show knows what it is now. We, you and I yep. don't have to check in and go, yeah, this is like super close to Ma- – this is Mad Men. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're in Mad Men territory. Yeah, it's five five Manhattans, by the way. Like for me, it's just Ooh. no contest. It's it's one of the best episodes of the show, I think. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah.
1: I sit at a 4.5 for me. I thought this was really strong. Okay. Uh, this, ep- this episode is um, – <laughs> I, I wrote the plot thickens mm. this, this is definitely the plot thickens episode <laughs> there's so much which I love because like especially coming from that's you know the first episode um this one is there's a lot going on there's a lot that's exposed and there's a lot that's um starting to kind of reveal itself about each character. Which I really enjoy, and um, you kind of get a you get a better you know you're starting to see more of the layers. I think this is what I'm this is what I'm starting to notice. You're starting to see more of the layers of each character. You know they were never flat to begin with, but you're getting varying degrees of these people. Like they're not you can't you're not gonna put all these characters in in a box. And I think that's why some of the ladies in this episode and uh, some of their temper not temperaments, but some of their style. And um, attitudes in this episode kind of felt awkward to me because it was a little bit of a different layer than I'm used to seeing from some of them. And with that, I kind of want to jump into Joan's whole whole vibe. This episode, man.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Beware the Ides of March. Um That's what I would say because it's a March first episode. But yeah, let's um, talk about let's talk about Joan. I don't think she fits into any one of our segments. So you yeah, let's. Uh. What do you want to say about her, Joan? I mean, what can I say? I mean. Can I can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. So this is why when like you or other guests on the show have like talked about how Joan is so great, um, there, there's part <laughs> see, of me that always thinks of this moment. Um, okay, this is what pops up in your head. Not like as in like this makes that her not great, but no, of course not. But it, it's um, it's a mark. It's a mark. It's really. it's devious. It's really really <laughs> mean spirited what she does in this episode. Oh, so. Man yeah we want to make sure we give proper context. Paul Kinsey and her used to date in season one. Uh, we don't know for how long because it's in the background of the show, but mm-hmm. they used to date it got it got ended because of Paul Kinsey having a big mouth and in this episode, uh Paul Kinsey introduces her to his new girlfriend and um he's he's really proud of where he lives. He's proud of his new girlfriend, and his new girlfriend happens.
1: Sorry, I never said where he
0: lived, right? Newark, New
1: Jersey. Oh, okay. Okay, Um, I missed that part. Okay, so they're in New York, New Jersey. Okay.
0: Harry Crane and his wife say, um, Paul Kinsey suggested that they take their coats and leave them in the car when they arrived somewhere else in New Jersey. And then Joan also says, you and your poor rich boy apartment in Newark. So, (laughs) so... Paul, we've talked about Paul. He's a very affected character. He tries to put out an image of himself as very progressive, very open-minded, and mm-hmm. he, he's not afraid to slum it and um, hang out with black people. Uh, he's talked yeah. about the story where he... Was in a bar with a bunch of black people, and he thought that was a great story, and nobody in the office cares about the story. Um, Like, okay. Paul's dating a black woman, which it's 1962. That's probably something that he knows is going to turn heads, and he wants people's heads to turn. Um, Yeah. So, when you first see the scene where he introduces his girlfriend to Joan... Um, you're thinking Joan doesn't care about this? Like uh, Yeah, why would she? Why would she? She moved on from being with Paul. She didn't like she he wasn't the one, as uh, she says even later. Um but he he gets called over because he's being an obnoxious ass and having an ap- apartment party and his neighbor smells weed, you know, and the neighbor's going to narc. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says <laughs> he says don't talk. I mean it. Don't talk to each other. And of course right. Joan and, and Paul Kinsey's new girlfriend, Sheila, they do talk. Uh, you know, Joan is uh, asking Sheila about her work. I believe she works at a, um, at a grocery store, yeah. right? Or assistant, a assistant clerk. manager. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which,
0: you know, it's a good job. Um, mm-hmm. And Joan's like, well, don't worry. You'll be driving a station wagon there someday and you're going to be a customer someday. And that's like, okay, <laughs> condescending a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Joan then sort of goes and sort of stabs at her a bit verbally and says, well, it's so great that you and Paul are together. When he and I were dating, the last thing I would have taken him for is open-minded. And her face, Sheila's face, I think her name's Sheila, by the way. Um, Yeah, it's Sheila. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, Her face is like super awkward, super uncomfortable, feels kind of bad. Um, You don't know if... Paul told her that Joan and him have dated, but it's a really weird line for Joan to say. And uh, it gets worse from there. You can you can elaborate on how how Joan conducts herself throughout the rest of the episode.
1: Yeah, just you know that whole interaction was a lot of kind of foot and mouth, um, and a little bit of a dated viewpoint of the situation. I think she kind of sh- showed her age a little. Um, but, but, you know, honestly, it's not even really about an age thing, to be honest. I think it's more of just a, um, a certain mind state. And she, she kind of showed, like, she's still thinking, like, I mean, these might just be shots at Sheila just because, you know, Kinsey's saying, like, she's going out with her. But I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's shots in that sense. And I also think she believes that. What she's saying, like thinking that Sheila, you know, is talking about this place that she like can't be like she can't actually like go and shop at because, you know, it's the 1960s, you know, given given them not being in the in the north, like maybe this would be a situation where like they're not allowed to shop in these type of, you know, these type of stores or whatever the case. I think that viewpoint seems very, you know, like not privileged, but it's. It's like thinking about black people a certain way, like mm. that, like it's like that everywhere. Right, right, right. But you live in the north, and like if you're if you're keeping up with what's going on, which Joan is, I don't think she is, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I don't, I, I don't think she's like you know tapped in or what you know whatever. Right. And right. Kimsey, I guess, seems to might be tapped in a little. I have no idea. I mean, he wants us at least to he portrays he himself. Yeah. Right. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> He's trying to portray himself <laughs> as being tapped in. Yeah. Yes, Joan is not. So she's saying these things that are, seemed very uh, outside of the bubble of reality. Kind of outdated. You know, is going yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, so that was a little weird. Wasn't a fan of that. Um, yeah, she seems, Joan was definitely, um, definitely not in, not in rare form this, uh, during that interaction or, or, or just after the fact. <laughs> kinsey's like i'm not talking to you i don't know if you noticed yeah, ugh,
0: childish <laughs> but but she is like tagging after him like she's she's instigating something at work um she's like it really is she really is dude she's she's like psychologically torturing him it's it's bizarre like she the way she tags after him and goes mr kinsey uh like why aren't you talking to me uh all right. It's so childish. And um, Joan lays into Kinsey. And it's the type of speech that I wanted people to tell him for all of season one about how phony he is. Um
1: That's what I was thinking when I was hearing her say <laughs> these things. I was You're like, like, she <laughs> might be. <laughs> she might. Like, I just didn't. The way she. Del- I just the delivery. Mm-mm.
0: Well. You know what I mean? So, it's it's the type of thing where in my head I'm going, not like this, not like this, because Yes,
1: exactly. She's exactly. in the wrong. <laughs> she's
0: in the wrong. She's being really cruel to him. Like, it's it's not about the typewriter. Uh, no. It's, uh, <laughs> she makes sure that it's she's not going to tell. <laughs> she makes sure she lets him know she's not going to tell about the stolen typewriter. But right. um, she just, like, all of a sudden tells him, I'm not a phony. Uh, you and that girl, what do you even talk about? um you and your fake beard and your poor rich boy apartment and um she just like the way i would describe it is like venomous like her eyes yeah are seething pure hate for kinsey in that moment it's really bad dude. yeah um it, it is really bad yeah and i think she's right about him being a phony but at the same time like what did he do to deserve that um my theory is Jala is that the reason she's mad is because she is realizing that she was used by him the way Sheila is being used Um, as a trophy to make him feel better about himself and to brag about because she told him the reason why it ended is because he had a big mouth. So, um, yeah, I think there's some baggage there. And I
1: think there's a little bit of um like really weird jealousy in there. There too. is jealousy. Like some yeah. Weird ass. Yeah. Like but she has a boyfriend. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is why it's weird jealousy because it's like some, it's some BS. Like, Oh, I, I have to have the power in, in the, in our, in our interaction. So like, if you're on, if I'm on the back foot, because now you have somebody that, you know, that, that cares about you or whatever the case, I'm no longer somebody you can, you know, try to try to steal away or Mm -hmm. like the attention goes away from me. It's all this attention shit. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's childish.
0: I think you you made me think of. I know that there's some people who keep ex partners in their life, not as a friend, but to see mm-hmm. if they find someone else and to compare mm-hmm. them to them, like to exactly. themselves, exactly. And so yep. I think Joan is like taking this personally somehow, some way. She's yep. she's jealous. That's, that's perfect. Taking it personal. Um, thinks he's fake, and now is pissed that she was even with him, but. It's just so none of her business and and not something she needs to comment on. And honestly, the carousel type of thing is that when I first watched this, I kind of I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or what, but I felt bad for Joan when her age got revealed. Um, I do still feel bad for her now, but like she I don't want to say she deserved it because back then with misogyny as high as it was in the 60s. Uh, knowing a woman's age and be, her being in her 30s and not being married, um, it carried huge connotations that probably follow her in the office after this point, you know? Um,
1: sure. It was a tit-for-tat movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's the <clears throat> thing is that she, she messed with the bull. She messed with the Paul, She got the kins. <laughs> <laughs> you got the kins. <laughs> That's what he said in the uh, extended cut. He said, "I you got <laughs> you got the kins." I'm sorry to say, you got the kins. Um, uh, by the way, he looks better with the beard, uh, but it also makes him Same, yeah. more hateable uh, somehow.
1: <laughs> he looks hateable with the beard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looks better, but also I hate. Like he looked like a sad baby before. So I, and I can't like hate a baby, but You're right, sure, I can. Sure. Hate I mean, a, could I, Well. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know I could. I know, right? You've given I'm me giving such power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'll be walking down the street and I'll see a baby in the stroller and I'll just glare at it. <laughs> I don't like. You. It'll feel my <laughs> negative energy and just cry. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm glad we agree about Joan. I, I think this is her by far her darkest moment in the first two seasons. I used to think that it was stuff with Peggy, but um, a lot of that comes down to sort of a mothering tactic or a, um a, yeah. a tutoring or um mentor style uh but yeah. this is like just trying to hurt someone yeah and some for the sake someone who isn't that important to you like <laughs> right it's not like th- anyway yeah we could rant about this all listen we'll forgive you joan i'm sure we will but if i can forgive I gave you
1: props on your green dress mm-hmm. you know
0: that was great uh- if if we can forgive Pete for what he did last season, I think we can forgive Joan for this. But
1: oh, of course, it's, 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 this is more of a I'm not mad. I'm disappointed.
0: I'm I'm <laughs> definitely disappointed. Um, it's it's a tough thing to watch. Um, yeah, just because we love we love Joan. We love Joan, but. If like if someone were to say to me, "Is she your friend?" in this moment, I'd be like, um, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah. we're, we're not close." <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're not- <laughs> you know, I, I uh, we're working we're working on. Uh, I'll, I'll get her home. I'll get her home.
1: <laughs> Yo, everyone's like, Collect "We're not your friend. close." <laughs> is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's 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 like a. That is fucking hilarious, though. We're not close is a really great like side skirt to that mm-hmm. question. <laughs> Yeah. Cuz it answers it, but it also like shields you. Yeah, it's it's a way to
0: it's like when Pete says I bear some of the responsibility as well. I love that. What's our next segment, Mike?
1: We, yes, we are moving into Michael's relationship nook in de Terre.
0: Let's take it away, buddy. All right. Let's get in the relationship mobile. No, no, no. so <laughs> So, I would say the thing about this episode that I noticed this time around is uh, Don and Betty are like, they've lost it. Like, this is, t- this is a far cry from season one, Don and Betty, which was bad. The, 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 <laughs> yes, the vibes I'm in. getting, dude, is that Betty has kind of thrown in the towel. Like, she's not there emotionally for him at all. Uh, she's so angry. She's or not angry. She's so no. You're, I think I, perturbed. I, I I agree with you about angry. By the way, because she's like, well, the way she's talking about Bobby, um, what? Like she's she's
1: the, very the, ki- the kid thing is so weird. Yeah. I, I I hate that. I hate that. I, this is like the, her negative trait shit that I hate. Like, yeah. why is she dumping on the kid? Yeah, like what's the point of that?
0: Yeah, she's she's in a really cranky mood in this episode, but. The vibe I get is that Don, after what happened in season one, he values her and the family more again, but it's like, it's too late. Like, yeah, the family's
1: like already like in this, well, his relationship and how he fits within the family, like structure is all like weird. It's like, it's destabilized and, and his wife is, Don just staring at her, like while she's like just dishing in front of, in front this, I hate this feeling. I don't, I've. I've seen, I I know it, uh, it's not, That's not a great vibe, like, to be yeah. in a space where, like, you're sitting and then, like, the other person is, like, kind of, just kind of digging in. Um, Unjustifiably, too, because, like, she goes on to explain, like, oh, he stole, he, 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 uh, he, che- he cheated on the thing, he took it from his book. And then, they're like, oh, he was at school, and they're like, oh, well, well, um. He probably got it at school or something, but he shouldn't have lied about it. It's like, what are you – why are you on this path? Like, what is going on?
0: Yeah. She seems to – it reminds me of the Joan thing from earlier. She's mad yeah. that he took praise for something that she thinks he didn't earn because he traced a picture and um, the teacher praised He may not it.
1: even a trace, mind you.
0: Yeah. She, she says she found the, the book that he traced it on. And I like Don's comment that, you know, they trace stuff in his art room. Uh, why reinvent the wheel? Um, that was
1: cute, by the way. Yeah, Don was trying, trying, to trying to do to that have- thing where he like softens, yeah, like like trying to take away some of that edge that Betty was bringing. Like yeah. I don't know why, you know, she had this edge, and he was trying to soften it by like slipping in these lines yeah. about you know the son and stuff.
0: Well, and, and things. his his conversation with uh, Carlton uh, about that. Here is the thing about Don: he has this weird sense of right and wrong, and Mm-hmm. He knows that Carlton's being gross when he's talking about that teenage girl that babysits for him. Uh, right? He's not. He's not on board for that conversation. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> he's just letting the man talk, honestly. Yeah, uh, and and <laughs> the Carlton character is one that is nothing compared to the character of Carlton on Fresh Prince. Not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, man. I, I, uh, in terms of relationship stuff, that one really bugged me. Um, it's like, how did this happen? And then you, you remember all of season one and you go, oh, yeah, it all kind of gradually happened, didn't it? And um, Betty is a – I think she's still angry about what happened in the season one finale, you know? And, and the line where she says, I don't need a book to know what little boys do. And Don looks at her like, eh? Uh that's, that's a great moment.
1: He looked at her. He – I love his look because his look is, like, very, like, all right, you think... Like, you know, like, you kind of let people kind of... Not bury... Like, he knows that she's kind of speaking in a way that's, like, all right, I'm gonna let you get away with saying that, but that was a weird... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the way that she said that and, you know, her attitude, by the way, in this episode is very realistic to, like, life mm-hmm. because, like, obviously we're not following them day to day, but given... Given what happened in season one, um, she would only be getting more and more kind of disgruntled with her feelings about what she knows about kind of what's happening in the background. The therapy thing with the doctor, the distrust in that, the not going to the um, not going to the um, Thanksgiving. All these things would start to add up and you you would just be kind of like mad at the person and kind of carrying that around.
0: And she says she knows he has affairs. Like she accepted it at the end of last season. Um, Yeah.
1: And without knowing that he, that he does. You know what I mean? She's
0: never, she's never caught him. Right. But she knows, like she knows him well enough to know. Uh, and she's seen the signs and she's seen the phone bill. Um, by the way, I'm sure she found other like things besides the number she called that looked weird. Uh, but she gave up after hearing the, um, therapist on the other line because it's like that was so traumatic she's like oh my god i'm done with this like this is so horrifying yeah that's true Um, but but yeah she's um she's darker than she was last season and it's tough to watch and when when the relationship is near the end usually the people in it don't fight anymore or they don't i shouldn't say fight but they don't have like uh uncomfortable conversations anymore because it's not worth it they don't have the energy and When Betty is talking about Carlton and is saying that he's lucky, um, her friend gave him another chance. And Don, he doesn't really give her any energy. He just says, listen, Betty, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I'll say whatever you want me to. Right. And she's kind of tired, too, and goes out on the porch and is just. Seething. What She's the hell? Seathing. Yeah, she was seething. What happened to these two? <laughs> these two, from the from the carousel presentation to now, what happened? This is what I'm saying.
1: And you had mentioned it, I think, more so. Don was kind of making his – trying to make – well, you know, now that he's, like, detached away from <laughs> – detached away from Rachel and Midge, like, he was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to try to make my way back to center – but yeah. it's already—it t- t- seems a little too destabilized from like all of what has gone on. You know what I mean?
0: And but it's is- like—it's like he doesn't want to do the real work. You're right? He just wants—he sure. he wants to, to, just to crawl do crawl the- back in. <laughs> he wants to just waltz into his old slot at the table, and he doesn't want to have any hard conversations. That's true. He doesn't. No, you're right. He just wants to have the perfect diorama of a family life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wonders why it's not satisfying and then he uses the unsatisfying way that it is to justify his actions. Um well said. He didn't have he didn't have sex with this waitress. Um or sorry, the server mm-hmm. at the uh at the Asian restaurant. Yep. But who knows man, maybe we'll find another Rachel Menken.
1: Maybe, maybe. I thought that would, that that uh, decision by Don was um was rare and interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was inter- I think maybe he just he wasn't in the mood after – he had kind of gone through a breakup with that. By the way, that was like a breakup scene with the uh, the client. That was like, – yeah, that really was. The guy was so hurt <laughs> and I I felt for him really bad um, when he told Don that he actually – this is embarrassing, but he actually believed that they would grow together and stuff. It's like, fuck,
1: wow, that dude. really was a relationship-ass yeah. conversation. It was. As.
0: That was so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a breakup. It was a and, – and Don really – if only that guy knew how hard Don fought against this. Um, I know
1: I I feel like Don like if I were on the other end wouldn't you see that I I guess you're hurt by the fact that it's happening so you're not looking into the em- empathetic face of some like you on his face he he knew he didn't really want to do it like right but I don't think the guy the guy he's being rejected he's not even thinking about that shit he's like I
0: believe well, you he's like, he's in pain you know what I mean I think what the guy's problem is, is that he was told that Don Draper was Sterling Cooper. Aha, and that's Don's allowed. power by, by this, by this happening, Don's power has been diminished at work. Yes. That's what, that's what our good friend Tuck. Uh, I mean, sorry, I don't know why I would call him Tuck. It's Duck. Uh, it's definitely Duck. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's the thing. His power is being diminished by Duck. And um, yep. that's what the guy is telling him is that. I, I actually believed in you, and I believe the myth of Don Draper. Um,
1: Bro, you know how much that which, sucks. I'm like thinking yeah. about it now. Like, think about it. like I'm even I'm th- I'm like sitting and thinking from like a Don perspective. You used to be like you were the man, and like now you're not the man there. That's
0: that's trash. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And by the way, <clears throat> Roger and Cooper, they're just kind of letting it happen. S- they're sitting on their ass. Like yeah, both like, of them are really lame just super lame in this episode and what is cooper eating they he's done this twice i can't figure out what he's eating is it like potatoes but he has a bottle of ketchup at his desk and he's so comfortable there that he's eating in front of other people and having them watch him uh yeah it's weird i find that so bizarre and i can't figure out what he's eating do you know
1: no i i didn't even i didn't even catch it i missed the ketchup actually on the table i was like mm. so focused on you know the image of it was a three against one situation in that office and I was just like fixated on that whole thing is like I'm
0: really that- glad that we, we agree about that um scenario, by the way. right? The whole, let's stick with the uh the client that's been loyal to us. And uh it's so bizarre I know I'm going back to it now.
1: No, but, but it, because that was the same you know, we're kinda talking hours- about Don's woes.
0: Yeah. It was three hours after the plane crashed and people died. And we're talking about money. That's the th- That's the thing is Don is, he has an interesting set of morals and that's what makes him a fantastic main character Mm -hmm. Uh, because we have moments where we're like, this guy kicks ass and we're rooting for him. Yeah. And then we have moments where we're like, why am I watching this guy ruin his life? (laughs) (laughs) Why? This is so depressing. You know? That's Uh, true. That's true. He's very complete. yeah, I think that I want to talk about Peggy before we move on. For sure. Let's do Um, it. I really got so – first of all, props to Lisa and Matt for nailing a family visit because – They really did. Sometimes sometimes you will visit your family (laughs) and they will spend a lot of time ripping into you for not visiting enough. Oh, my God. Dude, (laughs) I love that Peggy goes, well, I'm here now, you know.
1: Thank you for I'm saying right that. You, you really uh, yeah. hit me with that because I didn't even think about that. And you said yes. it and I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh I've never God. seen
0: it nailed as well as it was here. Um, like, yeah, Peggy's here right now. She's making the effort. Like, yeah, but it's right in front of you. The effort is here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: understand I haven't um, been here for the last couple of months to, you know, but
0: yeah, I'm, we're here. You know, I've been busy. Something fucking crazy happened also. Right. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> that too. I want to talk about the line that her sister says. Yeah, where Peggy says I can make my own decisions, and her sister says not according to the state of New York mm. and whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I I get so mad at that line, and I don't like to say bitch about women I as, know, a, I as know. a you know derogatory term. But, but she's a, a bitch, adjective. dude. It was an adjective well, of how she's being. Like she's that's so awful like to say that about your sister after the the thing that peggy went through
1: it's it's what the it, fuck it, it's the bite of oh so it's now it's our problem that's that's what
0: that bite mm. is and it's it's like the catholic guilt Ooh, where she ton can, of that. she can, yeah the guilt of uh the fact that peggy had to rely on her and her mom um, cuz that's the vibe i'm getting from this episode is that they they're worried about peggy because she was showing a mental break in the hospital at the end of season one, she's Almost like, a "I'm not." Disassociation, pregnant. yeah, but yeah, I, I really very accurate line uh, because our siblings, we we love our siblings, don't we, folks? But sometimes they can hit you harder than anyone else in your life. Um, yeah, this is fam, uh, yeah. Not Joe though, not Joseph Roland, host of the Daddies. Uh, we've never, we've never. <laughs> <laughs> who is that there's no live audience for dadman um kicking the audience <laughs> we've never had a disagreement folks and uh it's all are,
1: good you guys are pretty simpatica. yeah
0: but yeah that's my relationship shitty chat um great and well a little done, shout bro. out to thank you a little shout out to mr harry crane and mrs crane shout uh out. they're doing great no uh <laughs> oh yeah. They're not barely holding it together at the party. My favorite one of my favorite comedic moments of the whole episode is after Pete and uh Trudy leave them alone. Mm-hmm. The way that Harry and her look at each other before just looking at other things. They it's like <laughs> So much like we are about to fight if we don't stop looking at each oh other, my God, yeah. I, or, or just like we're stuck here together. It's it's a really bad vibe between hey, those two. Hey, thinking
1: about it now, is there a level of disdain in
0: every couple in this, in episode? this episode, or just in, yeah, oh, just, um, not, so, between, not between uh, Pete and Trudy. not right, between Pete and Trudy, right? Between Pete and right,
1: not not between Pete and Trudy. And you could have you could I, you can you can't even really. I was going to say you could have maybe said it. Last step about the baby talk, but that wasn't really like a disdain or anything anger related. It's more like um, a a fear of missing out type of situation. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. everyone seems uh,
0: there's a the couples on on edge. <laughs> this episode. Well, it's a good point. Um, it's weird. I right? wonder what season two has in store for all our couples. You know what couple is doing well, and I'm we haven't brought them up yet. Who's that? Is Sal- Salvatore and his new uh, Miss. His new lady yeah, friend,
1: new misses, yeah, or I can't call her misses, but
0: yes, <laughs> I don't know if they're married or not, but um, that's, a yeah, that's a good point. They're boy. definitely not fighting. Um, <laughs> they're enjoying their time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the scene, the scene where Ken Cosgrove is like, Ken has her like up against the wall, his arm above her, looking down on her. That's it, such a move, by
1: the way. Like that, uh, that old
0: school. It's an like, alpha move. Yeah, 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 alpha <laughs> move. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we. I don't think it's any secret that we believe in alphas and betas yep. here on Dad. <laughs> <and> dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone can tell that you and I have read the rules uh, of <coughs> engagement. You're married. No, no. I, the uh, there's a. I think there's a self-help book called like the rules. Uh, Oh, interesting. For like a, it's like a pickup artist book. Oh, one of Oh, those. The Game. The, the game. game. There That's you the go. That's the book. Mm-hmm. Fuck. The okay. Game. Take two. Ed- edit this so I sound smart and funny. I will. I think it's pretty clear that... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that Jal and I have read the book. Let's buy a pickup artist. The Game. <laughs> the Game. <laughs> the Game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Pretty funny joke, right? Yeah. I love that. That's was pretty awesome. <laughs> Every time someone makes a successful funny joke, they say a pretty funny joke, right? I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Indeed. So, Sal and his girlfriend are uh, uh, slash spouse, potentially. Yeah. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's weird like that they're right next to Ken while he's doing this. Like That's not something that a normal couple would do. Maybe I'm overanalyzing because it's a, a gay man and- you know, someone who's his, um, his, his uh... Like,
1: partner, is
0: somebody that he's partner. with? Yeah, like... Yeah. hmm I don't know. For me, like, that does seem, like, strange behavior. Uh If I was at a party with my girlfriend, I would not be, like, hanging out next to my office co-worker as they're, like, literally, like, grabbing a girl's butt and, like, touching their... Yeah. The- cheek of their face. Yeah, it's-
1: Ken makes it like a little like awkward. Like <laughs> say if you were like he was like just chilling and talking with this girl, like a few steps away from you doing like if a they're similar just chilling, thing. Yeah. right? But he made it like this weird thing and they are kinda of like watching him now. It's almost like an audience type thing.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's creepy. It's yeah. weird. Anyway. Um but yeah, shout out to Harry and his wife. They're doing great. They're oh, fine. Yeah. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> Out of the doghouse, hopefully. <laughs> they're not gonna. They're not gonna kill each other uh, at some <laughs> point. <laughs> no, totally I not. just, I just, I another choice for Sterling's gold is uh, when Pete says, "I smell alcohol, but I don't see it," and his wa- Harry Crane's wife goes, "It's him," <laughs> and <laughs> Harry goes, "It's a party." <laughs> <laughs> that was anyway, great.
1: That was a great scene.
0: Um, it's time for DB, not DB Cooper, but Dad
1: Break. So, ma'am. Uh, This dad break, Um, exciting news for me or fans of Mike Flanagan, got a new release on Netflix called The Midnight Club. And funny enough, me and the wife, we were able to binge watch it before, you know, before this episode. I wasn't even actually planning that. That wasn't like a thing where I was going to be like, I'm going to watch this whole series so that i'm ready for the show but it would just happen to kind of keep going on episodes until we got to the end not a super long series very short um like 10 episodes um Uh but really good um the midnight club is about a hospice home full of um terminally ill teenagers this is an adaptation of a book um called the midnight club and um it's basically when all else fails, and you want to go gracefully or with people that are um, like you, without having to do, you know, extra treatments. Um, you go to this place. So, one of the main characters of of the uh, of this uh, show finds this hospice and kind of makes it her mission to get there, and um, she ends up there, and um, some spookiness and tragedies um, ensue um i thought the series was really good this 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 was a little bit different than what mike has done in the past usually um he's flanagan's doing a lot of um kind of more heavily horror based spooky stuff this has an element of that but it's definitely not leading it's definitely not um the biggest portion of the show i think this show is more about this this show's really this sounds funny. I'm saying it's not horror and stuff like that, but this show's really about death, which sounds. Hmm. But but I'm kind of more meaning it in like the the encompassing idea of death, how you get to death, um, <clears throat> the trials and tribulations that we have with death, and um, it's actually more emotional than it is scary. I would say. Um, cool. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty good watch. Oh, by the way, the, the, um, the show is actually set in the nineties. So there's this huh. funny, there's this funny thing about, you know, Mike, we're in our thirties now. You know, we lived in the nineties. We're going to start to, we're, as, as we go on through time, we're going to start to see these, um, these visuals about how the nineties were and like portrayals of the nineties. And on this, I noticed that, um, there's this it, this is not a knock, but it's something I noticed. There's this interesting thing that it looks like the 90s, but since I know what the 90s felt like, it didn't feel 90s. It just right. it was it was wearing 90s clothes. like there's something about watching a movie or a show from the 90s that stands out as being from that from that time period. And that's the differenti that's the difference between something that actually was made in that time period to something that's trying to look like that time period. It was really interesting. Yeah. Like it's probably what people experience, like when you see a lot of like '70s stuff. Like people that actually lived in the '70s will probably tell you, like, it probably looks like the '70s, but this didn't really feel like what
0: the '70s felt like or the '60s. You know what I mean?
1: Like the time period.
0: To give you some perspective, like the '60s are to the '90s what uh, the 90s are to the 2020s. Crazy, um, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for for us as kids, we'd be watching a movie like Stand By Me and going, oh, yeah, this is from way before I was born. And now kids are growing up and watching a movie about the 1990s and saying, oh, yeah, this is from way before I was born. <laughs> right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's like, yeah, we're old. Um, <laughs> I, I totally... I, I, I like what you say though about how it's not a horror, but it's based on death, or it's, it's about death, because... One thing that I'm trying to do better about is to not view death as like the scariest thing possible and to like make peace with like whatever it is. Yeah, whatever man. it is. Uh mm-hmm. but potentially complete non existence. And like making peace with like the fact that at one point, um, I will make a transition right. to right not being around anymore. And right. uh it's it's a heavy thing uh to think about, but it's um I I do think that it is possible to at least accept it, and uh, I'm working on that. Yeah, I've been it, doing that lately. It, so. it
1: takes time, and um, and it's kind of hard to know like where we even stand in that space without either thinking about it heavily or like experiencing near death type things to really have yeah. that you know that thing you know that thing about it you know that that lack of fear or you know total fear it, it the the show um i think in that in that in that way is beautiful and um i thought the storytelling was fun you know cool. what i will you know what i will compare it to um speaking of the 90s this is kind of like a more emotional and serious version of do you remember uh, are you afraid of the dark yeah that is this but that is this with the element of death and the, and he, like more realism and more um and and more um emotional weight, um, because in the show they these kids um, sit at a table at night at midnight and tell um s- scary stories to each other. Oh, and so they okay take, okay yeah, and they take turns. Telling a telling a story each night.
0: Nice. So okay, it, so it is episodic, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So each episode kind of has like a story that they told as part of the episode, and then the episode out. Um, the episode obviously exists outside of them telling those scary stories.
0: So there's an overarching story in yeah. addition to the scary stories. Exactly. Okay. The scary
1: stories is more of a, a side thing, and uh, that, oh. but but it uh-huh. sells it as that show. It's um, it's fun. That it really reminded me of that. I was watching us like this is like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Fun. I swear, yeah. It's a, Maybe it's a, I'll watch. It's a fun one. It, um, there, there are, there are, um, some cry moments. Not for, not for me. Not to say that, like I don't cry, but I'm not putting my business out there. I do know. She, she had some cry moments in it. Um, because there's a lot of heavier, heavy stuff that's being talked about in it, and um, also being a parent, it's it's an interesting watch too from that aspect. So that, that's a, uh, that's a, a, uh, a warning to uh, anyone, anyone going to jump in. The show is, is very heavy in that sense. Um, Okay. But well done, really well written. Obviously, since this is an adaptation of a book, Mike kind of had to ride that, ride that line, uses creativity, obviously wrote the screenplay and things of that nature, but you still have to kind of follow a basic um, overarching story plot line. That's, surrounded by the book so you could tell hmm. while watching it that he was um he was within his within his uh <coughs> field of um knowledge for for this story so that was cool but um cool i recommend it though i recommend it I, and as a side note to this conversation netflix again i don't see advertisement for the show on, on the front page I haven't seen really any advertisement in the listing of things that are coming out this is this is my issue with yeah and we've talked about this but this is this is the issue with netflix and some of their shows and creators that they have you know that produce content for them they're not always being highlighted and and being exposed to the overarching you know like netflix watchers like Mm -hmm. i you know i'm a fan of this guy i pull up my netflix i and usually there used to be a thing where netflix would have like a big poster or not poster but they have like a big preview thing of a new show that just came out that they did there was none of that like even on premiere day like and i think that's unacceptable i know man especially for like this guy's is rocking with you he's done like four shows with you four strong shows with you like he's definitely one of your guys you got to promote the stuff you just got to
0: yeah um I had a show called Smash, which is Saturday morning all-star hits. Mm -hmm. And it's by Kyle Mooney, one of my favorite comedians or uh, writers that I've been following since like 2007, I think. Mm -hmm. And same thing as you, like you would think YouTube or – I'm sorry, you would think Netflix would know that they they should recommend this to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't. That's fine. But like there there was nothing like new releases. You would think that they could have a new release algorithm that like – puts the newest stuff that they want to succeed exactly. right in front of the customer's eyes. Yep. But you're just like, okay, I know about this. Let's see if when I search for it, it shows up. Okay, thank God. It's on here. It just you can't sh- find it unless you know about it. I shouldn't um, have to search, man. That's unacceptable, yeah. man. It's unacceptable. No, it's true. It's true. Like it's like they they don't know what they're doing. Like they just announced a $6.99 uh ad version of <laughs> I Netflix. Saw that. And it's going to be 720p, uh, up Yo, to 720p. 720p? I yeah. didn't see that. I didn't see that note. Yeah. That, that's... Uh... <laughs> if you have a large television, uh, do not get the ad version of Netflix. That sucks. <laughs> 720p? Yeah, <dude. laughs> Even YouTube is, like, well beyond that now. You oh, know? yeah. You can it's get a... variations of resolutions, man. Yeah. No, it, it's... Uh, I, I learned my lesson about not talking shit about... Netflix, because as soon as I like really ripped into them, um, HBO Max turned into the house that's just burning down, and the dog in the middle is me saying, (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely horrible what's going on with HBO Max, too. I don't know, man. We had this like golden era where we had a bunch of different streaming services with tons of stuff, and now it's like the quality of the content is going down, uh, There's less stuff to choose from on each service. Mm -hmm. And with HBO Max, like, they were bought out by a complete fucking dipshit who is ruining uh, what made HBO Max the best service. And they are changing it from, like, a platform for original ideas Mm -hmm. to a platform for stuff that makes money. Like, and that's it. And uh, there's no room for any moderate hits. All these Cartoon Network shows, shows they got rid of were, like, getting lots of hits. I have no doubt about that. But it's it's by the guy who runs Discovery. And uh, okay. um, the merger, he's in charge of HBO Max now. Okay. And they do shit like 90 Day Fiance and ne- <laughs> yes. before the 90 Days. And then Pillow Talk, which is the worst show on the fucking planet because it's literally – Cast members from other seasons of 90 Day Fiancé watching the new episode of 90 Day Fiancé that just aired. Oh, and it's, my you're, God. you're You're watching people watching the show you just watched.
1: <laughs> like, this is insanity. It's, yes. This is like
0: pure insanity. At what point do you start to respect yourself a little and go, I can't watch this? I'm literally watching someone get paid to sit in a bed and oh, watch man. a show and make sh- stupid comments about it. It's like you're, you're watching dumb people who aren't funny and know nothing. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Oh, let's, man. let's do the next segment. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. That's fucking amazing. I didn't know I had so much hate in my heart for pillow talk, but it's so stupid. No, but it sounds
1: ridiculous.
0: Like, it It literally sounds ridiculous. I'll show you some clips after the once we punch out the clock here. But uh, there's nothing going on.
1: It's just closer to idiocracy, honestly.
0: It's scribbles. Okay. Yeah, idiocracy is a good point. Um,
1: With all that said, I think it's time for the Fatherhood Corner.
0: Daddyocracy.
1: Dadiocracy engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so man, um we gotta we gotta break we gotta break down uh the Pete and Don talk.
0: I knew very, you would, my friend.
1: It, it it was very it was so interesting on so many levels. Let's just start it off like this. Pete finds out from his brother that his father has died or was in the plane accident with American Airlines. So he's dead. He leaves the phone and kind of is just bewildered by this news. He's looking around the office. Where does he go with all this? Straight to Daddy Don. Mm-hmm. Goes straight to da- straight to Don's office. Like doesn't even tell um doesn't even tell uh his uh secretary that he's going in. He just walks in. And um at this point Don is, you know, pretty calm and he's chilling he looks up and he just notices like Peach is standing there it's random mm-hmm. <laughs> and um closes the well basically just tells Don that you know that flight you know my dad I my dad was on that flight and mm-hmm. like from there it's this interesting conversation that Don and Pete have where Don is almost in a weird way trying to tell Pete how to react to a tragedy. Because mm-hmm. Pete doesn't know how to react to it. Because to him, it almost has no feeling. He doesn't know what to do because he almost is outside of himself is saying, like, I should be distraught. Like, it's my, yeah. you know, it's my, like, looking on paper, this is my father who has now passed away tragically. But in reality, and I don't know if it's, if it's really delivered as heavy to the, to the to the Watcher of, of Mad Men, but him and his dad don't have a rapport that is positive, to say the least. Yeah. And it's almost as if when Pete comes to Don with this information that they almost have this weird internal bond that I don't even know if they know that they have together. It's like this weird, because obviously Don has a, has a, has a feeling about his father as well, And I don't think it's I don't think it's discussed by either of them that they feel this way about their parents. But it but there's this they share this energy together. And Don is kind of trying to coach Pete into being like, well, you know, you know, with things like this, he's not saying this is a paraphrase. This is kind of how I'm reading Don's situation. But with things like this, you know, you should go home and, you know, see your family. (laughs) And Pete. Pete is like, kind of like, is that something, is that what you would do? Like, and mm. almost doesn't believe Don when Don says that this is what I would do. Really? It, it's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's. I love that when he goes, really? 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 <laughs> and, yeah, like, and Don goes, yes. Yes, I would do that. Yes, I would. Well, <laughs> but it's also, uh, I think it's just showing how Pete needs Don. Like he, oh, he yeah. and yeah, how, like- how much he looks to him as a like icon to model after Mm -hmm. because he's going to Don because it's very interesting because it's kind of a shocking thing uh, coming off of their relationship at the end of season one. Yeah. And yet somehow the show makes it make complete sense where he's like, who do I respect? Who do I need to tell? Who do do I look up to? And then who can help me right now? Who's a man that I want to model myself after? And he just, he walks right into Don's arms. It's, it's the beauty of Mad Men, man. It really is like this is
1: you really see this show in its in, a, in, a, in its uh, sharpest form, because just like you said, it shouldn't make sense, but it does. It makes perfect sense, especially yeah. like knowing who these two characters are, knowing their backgrounds, they they give you enough information as a viewer to know that this is this makes sense. It may not make sense for the characters in the moment but it makes sense to the viewer because the viewer has an uh, has an eye on the the whole encompassing you know history of of the uh, at least to th- this point these two characters or all these characters yeah. that we're watching it's it's a, it's really amazing and and they and because we know that information they're not scared to deliver something to us that may seem unorthodox if you didn't know what was going on or like weren't aware of
0: these two characters you know what i mean yeah. I mean, the conversation with Don and Pete is very awkward. Um, yeah. But it's very real. And uh, I, I love when when Don asks – or when Don says, um, go home and be with your family, Pete genuinely asks why. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> know. Um, I, I think it just – it goes to show that Pete is a man who is looking for someone to guide him. Um, he, he wants to be a success – and um, he wants to be a genuine success. We've seen that, and it's amazing because he comes from a man who his father he <laughs> he lost all his money by acting like a big shot and acting like a rich man. Mm. And he was in charge of his wife's like Dykeman estate, uh, and he took loans from his wife's estate so that when he's when he's died. Uh, his wife is in horrible shape because of him. And and when Bud and Pete are talking, first of all, I think it's such a great and sad line where Pete says, when the guy says, you hadn't thought of a will, and Pete says, we weren't going to get any of that, Bud says, you weren't. (laughs) You weren't. (laughs) Very insightful. (laughs) Very insightful. It it gives us so much about their family history. Um, And Bud's right. Like, Pete and his dad... They don't get along, but for some reason, uh, Bud and his parents get along. I don't know if it's because he killed that – or he didn't kill the girl, (laughs) but he hit that girl (laughs) on her bike in Montauk. Uh, And then – I don't know, man. That's just so sad that – Yeah, man. That's – you know what? That's – Peggy and Pete both had a sibling, like, needle them this episode.
1: Oh, good point.
0: Yeah, man. Interesting. Lisa Albert, man. Shh. And Matt so- and Matt and Matt, thank you, and Matt and the writer. rest of the writers in the room. There's, there's, there's to, to be clear again, I just got to make sure people know there's, there's other writers besides like the main writer credited on an, a given episode of a television show. Of course, um, but they finesse it, they finesse it, and they get to call themselves the main writer of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you can tell when they finessed it. I just, I just, you know, there's going to be some guy on the Dadman subreddit that's going to say <laughs> these guys think that. Well, Matt you know, Reiner really, every read every word. Yeah,
1: man, he wasn't even <laughs> in the writing room, buddy.
0: He wasn't even in the writing room. I was there, actually. I was the Jan. I was a janitor, and then yeah, someone to- says, "No, no, you weren't." <laughs> I used to clean up after him. Then Matt Weiner. Logs in and says, Hey, who are you? And then the guy deletes his account. <laughs> it says <laughs> is deleted? <he> created, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> deleted user. Uh, there, it's, somehow there's a reply, but it says deleted user. Deleted
1: user is so funny. <laughs>
0: Hi, Matt. Sorry. I don't actually know you or the cast and crew. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and going off of uh, what we were talking about, um, I think it's just so, so classic, Pete, that because of how awkward and guideless and uh, he doesn't have social grace. So, when he walks into Don's office the second time after being given this really dark offer by Duck to join him in trying to get American Airlines the same airline that his father was using when he died or was a a customer for when he died. Um, this, This rattles Pete so much that first he thinks to call his wife, but we don't know why, but I could say maybe he didn't want to bother Trudy or he didn't want to appear weak to Trudy. Sure. Um, He It's very interesting. After he decides not to call Trudy, he tells Hildy don't bother. He locks eyes with Peggy. And it's very interesting because he's like thinking about talking to Peggy about this. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's, they're both in a very similar place in this episode where the family is like really getting them where it hurts um so it's it's like there's some more understanding between Peggy and Pete so far in season 2. It's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, ultimately he decides to go to back to Don the same way he did before. He I think he kind of thinks like we're finally friends. Like yeah. we're finally And that's why I wanted to give close. him a little
1: bit of slack because um Don handled him so so well the first time.
0: Yeah. Um, but but he he shouldn't just walk in. Like that's I understand. not, it's not, I, I feel for him because his dad passed away and sure. it's like, it's not like I'm saying like, it's cool that how Don talked to him yeah. here, but right. it's just, it's just, I guess in a more civilized and better society, he could have taken more time off of work or would have taken more time off work. Right. Um, Good point. It's clear he, he probably shouldn't be working. and And Don did tell him there's business and there's family. Or there's business and life. Mm -hmm. And with Don, I think Don was pushing him to choose life over business. And because of how things go with Don and him in the second conversation, he ultimately chooses business um, and and sides with Duck. It's uh, sad. But anyway, sorry. Well Um, done. You were going to talk about the second. I I just That's how I felt after watching it this time. It's like Pete is choosing to move on, to focus on business, to bury – any emotions he's feeling about his dad. And quite frankly, it doesn't seem like he had much except for resentment towards his dad. Like all this the, is memories why the that, emptiness was,
1: was so yeah. apparent when he first gets the news. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, this is, this is information to me, but
0: yeah. I don't really have much to do with it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely something that just happened to me and my family. That's big. Um, right. And it definitely probably feels bad to hear people joking about it. Like that's when he walks by the people joking about the flight and Mm -hmm. Don kind of looks at them. Um, Beautiful directing, by the way, because there's this shot of him, of Don watching Pete. Mm -hmm. Then the shot moves to the people joking. And then Lois, his new secretary, kind of pops up and looks directly at the camera. And and it's like we're seeing the world through Don's eyes in that moment. And he feels bad for Pete. Um, He feels for him. And. I think you can tell he feels for Pete because he doesn't bring him up throughout the rest of the episode. No, like, it's and not he like doesn't
1: even like... tell. Do you think he told Duck, by the way? Um, I'm confused a little bit about... No,
0: no, he didn't because Duck said he read it in the New York Times. Right. Yeah.
1: And he and... wouldn't tell. He wouldn't. I don't think he would ever no, tell. No, fuck that. no. No, he would never do that.
0: The very interesting thing about Pete and his father dynamic is that we have a character named Duck who is... Literally, like saying we're like family. You yeah. remember he he tells people yeah. we're like family. When he said and that, I was like, oh, "That's interesting he's, choice of words." He's doing an outreach attempt and literally saying like, "I I respect you. I think you're great." Uh, he might as well be saying, "I love you," with how hard he's like. Yeah, he's saying pushing. how how he's doing a hard sell for how great he thinks Pete is. Is right. my point very hard? Sell. He's get he's getting everything that he wants from Don from this guy. And you can tell it's like when Trudy's father is nice to him. He's, he's immediately put off by that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird that duck. Oh, I guess that would be your default. If you're trying to butter somebody up, I guess you would use these type of, um, these type, these terms. And and this would be your strategy to try to get them on your side. I was going to say, it's kind of interesting that he knows that this is something that, um, something that, pete would like to hear but it's not from any not just from anybody it's from specific people that he looks to and and mm-hmm. and, and respects so i don't think i think he appreciates it anytime it comes to him. Oh, yeah. like when it comes to from trudy's dad or even when it's coming from duck he smiles and is like okay that's great i'm glad that somebody looks at it. but He's, he won't value it as deeply as if it's coming from somebody like a Don that he looks up to and is like, this is the guy. You know what I mean? It means but, more when it's coming from the guy.
0: But it's also, I think he also has so much self-loathing that it doesn't feel earned oh. to have unconditional okay. respect. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he likes Don because he knows that he has to earn Don's respect. Right. And that's what Pete's all about is... He's about the climb. He mm-hmm. he wants to go and work as hard as he can to earn someone's love or earn right. someone's, and that's why he um sometimes he doesn't appreciate Trudy enough.
1: Right? Yeah, that's 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 actually a really good point about him because he-
0: she offers unconditional love, whereas Don um offers him like you know it's 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 tough to know which version of Don he's going to get because sometimes Don so is friendly to him and sometimes he's very prickly. Um, which is another realistic thing yes definitely definitely but i i just i think we gotta remember that pete does a bad job when people are nice to him he does a bad job with it like Mm -hmm. he doesn't know how to react when when (laughs) someone cares about him or is nice to him um and that's what leads to him using people sometimes because he just doesn't know um but anyway yeah any any other uh fatherhood thoughts
1: No, I just, um, that that father-son dynamic really shines, for better or for worse, with Pete and Don in this episode. I thought Don was very lenient and nice when it came to his actual children, um, when they wanted to stay up. It was very, it was, it was a good, it was, he was, Don, aside from him getting mad at Pete, but like you said, rightfully so, him coming in, he probably shouldn't be doing that, um, but, um... I, Don was really, he was so commendable, man, this episode. He was, he was, yeah. he was, he was really, um, this is like, this is like, if you wanted to like clue somebody into Don, like this would be like a sh- episode you would show them, like this is who Don is in a way, like this is yeah. at the heart. This is who Don is. I'm going to show you him. Here, here you go. Like, and you see him kind of play out. And, um, I thought it was cute that he kept the, kept the kid. The, he let the kids stay up. And uh, he had he had he had a uh, Sally making the drinks, so I thought it was so cute. Funny. Yeah, so super
0: cute. cute, super cute.
1: Had the boy eating eating the candy. He was letting them kind of do the kid thing. Like this was such a I just not the boy,
0: him. not the boy. That's, Sorry, uh, that's Glenn, <laughs> not the boy, <laughs> but his
1: son. Oh man, it was it was great. I, I loved seeing Don when Don's really daddying at his best. He's like he's he's really good. He's he's really good. Yeah,
0: there's a, there's a divide between him and Betty and how to handle the kids. By the way, did you notice that in this
1: episode? I know, man. Um, I, I I really hate it. It's it's Betty has this old school mentality of how fathers should work in a household, and yep. Don knows how that style does not serve children.
0: Mm, good point, Mike. Good point. That's a really good point because he's he had a harsh upbringing. And yeah, it made this him- doesn't work. Betty, this doesn't help. Out-
1: I wish they would talk. Don't you wish, like he would just like?
0: <laughs> Imagine if he told her. By the way, I grew up in this environment, and uh, I was beaten and uh, treated terribly by my parents, and it didn't make me stronger. In fact, it made me feel like I had to run from all my problems. Yeah, because I was so scared of the traumatic abuse uh, happening again. Yeah, Betty, that it makes doesn't, sense. It doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> does that make sense? And to then Betty, and then and then Betty's like, "Well, he traced George Washington." <laughs> She, man. <laughs> Yo, she totally fucking would do that <laughs> She totally would do that It's like oh. she's Bobby's sister And she's tattling on him in that moment
1: Yeah, literally, literally Fucking the, A, man The, the childishness, what? man I it can't Fuck. stand it It's such a pet peeve
0: it, It's, you know what? In this rewatch of Mad Men In this watch of season two It's like, oh That's why Betty's kind of annoying sometimes mm-hmm. Like, or, she's we're remembering Yeah, mm-hmm. she is It's, it's weird, man I I I thought she like had a positive progression throughout the show for some reason. I guess I remembered it differently, um, or I, I remembered it with like rose colored glasses. Sure, but sure. After the therapy sessions and stuff, I guess she's not. We haven't seen her therapist in season two yet, so I'm no. not sure if she's going anymore.
1: That's a good um, point. Yeah, I, I just good um, po-
0: good point with um with Betty and Don. Eesh. Absolutely,
1: I know it's a whole thing. But I mean that, that that's gonna wrap up my fatherhood corner man. Okay. I love um, this episode. It's
0: fantastic. Cool. Me too, me too. I I, I do want to mention, um, for historical stuff, yeah uh, I can't believe that this episode managed to have two big historical events mentioned and it felt really organic. Um the fact that Colonel Glenn, uh, who is an astronaut that went into space mm-hmm. um and like orbited around I, I actually um have notes here about it um, yeah for sure because i wanted to make sure we re- referenced it because yeah, it's just it. a really neat detail that the episode uh doesn't have time to focus really on into yeah <laughs> because it gets interrupted by the other historical event <laughs> um because the show takes place in new york city but i wanted to look this up because i was like what is roger talking about so glenn was uh this is from the website ohiomemory.org and um, I could put a link in, in the notes, but yeah. Um, on February twentieth, so the the parade that they're talking about, it's a like I mentioned that the day is uh, March first, nineteen sixty two, and they're celebrating the fact that on February twentieth, nineteen sixty two, Glenn was launched into space in the Mercury Atlas six Friendship seven spacecraft ca- uh, after eleven attempts. Glenn orbited the Earth three times and successfully. <laughs> Landed <laughs> after the flight, the celebration included a speech by Glenn to a joint session of Congress and a ticker tape parade in New York City. That's that's what the episode was talking about. Where wow. um, I I love that that's awesome. the way Roger talks about. It. He's like I I love if uh, I would love if I could get a parade every time I drove my car out of my house and went around the block three times. Yo, that was the <laughs> most totally dismissive shit.
1: The fuck. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with Sterling?
0: <laughs> That's why it's so important to like research the historical references. Um, shout out to the score of Mad Men because it was great this episode, especially the theme. But the other historical reference that I thought was really cool, I had no idea about this song. But when John, when um, Don is in the uh, Asian restaurant, there's a song playing called, um, it's called Sukiyaki, mm-hmm. and it's by. Q. Sakamoto, mm-hmm. and it was like a Japanese song that was a number one record, uh, 1962. Wow. Yeah, so Holy that was shit. a neat historical reference. That's a beautiful sounding song. Really yeah, good. It was really nice. Um, good rap, man. Yeah, I, I just like I was very intrigued by that because like, dope. it feels like super out of place. Not in the episode, but mm-hmm. like in, in the, the u.s Like we, yeah. That's in crazy. the U.S. That that's was a, a popular, especially yeah. with the Pearl Harbor reference. By the way, yeah, you wouldn't expect <laughs> that, that. that was a good reference. Yeah, um, like I'm like really number one. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, Pearl Harbor was um, 20 years ago at at that point, mm-hmm. um, give or take a few years. Sure. Um, so it's the type of thing where people are still making references to it as like because uh, because the guy was saying like this is a sneak yeah Movies like by you attack. and sterling Koo. yeah yeah um mm-hmm. but anyway um i just thought that was so neat and it's just a shame that we haven't had more um japanese music on the charts here because there's so much great music from other cultures uh and i i love a lot of japanese artists and songs so i've
1: been getting I've, into I've, japanese jazz speaking of really yeah 70s uh J- japanese
0: 70s jazz Send that shit to me, man. Um, uh, in the U.S., Sukiyaki. This is from Wikipedia. Okay. In the U.S., Sukiyaki topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1963, one of the few non-English songs to have done so, and the first in a non-European language. It was the only single by an Asian artist to top the Hot 100 until the 2020 release of Dynamite by the South Korean band BTS. So, Bro, I'm bringing it to Mod Men. Mod Men.
1: Mod Men. This yep. is what I'm saying. That's why I'm so flabbergasted. I'm like, really? Number one in the US, a Japanese song. That's, that's weird.
0: That's really weird. I don't, And I can't figure out a reason for it on this uh, Wikipedia, at least. But I'm going to pull um, that song up just so I have it. Because that's, that's yeah. kind of like a landmark song. And the fact that... Until BTS uh, for for uh, Dynamite, which is a great song as well. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, um, pretty neat. So neat note to end the episode on. I think it's a yeah, really absolutely. cool ma- mod man, and it shows how much progress we've made since the '60s, where we have this whole movement of K-pop hitting the uh, American public and uh, causing these immense fandoms. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of cool as long as as long as they're not like getting into fights on twitter that's all that i care about we're just, we're just play nice play nice everyone let's <laughs> let's be cool it's music let's music is the one of the best things in the world let's have fun with it absolutely all right that was another episode of mad men in the books one of my favorites loved it yeah man so with that said the medium is the message <laughs> <laughs> that's Adios, Don. everyone. done just yelled at me see you <laughs> guys This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.